The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, we have a very interesting show because it's it's about therapy, but in a very different way. I've just been reading this wonderful book that's in my hand right now. It's called The Angry Therapist, A No BS Guide to Finding and Living Your Own Truth. And it's by John Kim. And you can find a picture of him, his bio, and his JPEG at conflicthealing.com. And also, we link to his website as theangrytherapist.com. Let me tell you a little bit about John. He is a licensed therapist and a pioneer in the field of self-help with a unique voice, as you can tell from the name of the book, and an honest approach. He practices complete authenticity and transparency with his many clients. And sometimes other people think that's a little bit weird, but he continues to look for new and unconventional ways to help his clients and people especially those people who get to read this book. John lives in Los Angeles where he makes videos on his phone, CrossFits, and he rides his motorcycle to coffee shops to do sessions there. And he's, his work has been covered in theatlantic.com, hyphen, psychology today, mindbodygreen.com, and npr.com. And we're just thrilled to have us, have, uh, have you with us today, John, uh, Thank you so much, John, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so um, I, I love that you want to empower people in this book. I really thought that was great because a lot of times therapists want to just keep somebody going on for years and years and years and years, and you wonder right, right. if they're ever going to learn anything or grow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so, what is what do you mean by angry therapist? Um, I think I was angry in my 20s and 30s because uh, I wasn't happy. I was very lost and unfulfilled. Um, then I went through a divorce and had to start my life all over from scratch, and I uh, went on that journey of becoming a therapist. And, uh, you know, when people ask me why I call myself the angry therapist, I, I thought it was kind of funny that a therapist was angry, but um, I think it's really my way of saying I'm human because what happened was I pulled the curtain back and I decided to be transparent, and I just started to kind of document my journey. And people thought it was interesting that a therapist was also uh, showing himself, you know, like uh, talking about his feelings and saying that he's hurting and that he's got problems and, you know. And so I think the process of that uh, produced a lot of glue and trust because uh, they got to see a therapist that was actually a real person. Yeah, I think when we're vulnerable, we, uh, mm-hmm. we give permission 
to people, other people to be vulnerable. So if you can be yeah. vulnerable with your clients and they can be vulnerable and trust you that, you know, that it's okay to be like that. Yeah. Which I yeah, think but is... You know, it, it, Go ahead. In therapy school, uh, in therapy school, they don't, they don't, they frown upon that. You're not, you're not supposed to be vulnerable. You're not supposed to show yourself in that way, which I understand. But I think that uh, creates sometimes a disconnect with people. Yeah, I think that people can relate. Then you know, like you said, and right. I, I've just been doing so much brain research and doing programs on emotional intelligence and you know uh, for for anyone to think that any of us are going to be without emotions that's crazy i mean that <laughs> that's our whole limbic yeah. system <laughs> right, right. you know we can't even help it that 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 is you know we get angry we get hurt we get fearful i mean then it's how we deal with it right it's <laughs> it's how we respond to it but it it's automatic so i i love it i actually i got a big kick out of that name that it was great, oh, yeah. So wh- you um, you worked in residential treatment, um, treating teenagers. So tell us a little bit about that and those those you know what it was like treating those those young people who were struggling with substance abuse. Yeah. So um, after I, I graduated and I was on my road to getting my hours to become uh, to get licensed. Um, I saw being a therapist as going into your, you know, private office with those little silver balls that bounce back and forth and a little waterfall <laughs> and, and your latte, um, you know, and then, you know, the, the, the perfectly, pre- uh, perfectly pressed shirt and all that. And the universe had different plans for me and, uh, the universe picked me up and threw me in nonprofit working with, uh, I didn't want to work with the kids at all, but, uh, I was working inside there, I was running groups for, um, underprivileged, um, teenage addicts and I, there was a lot of resistance. Um, in me, but what I learned, it was actually the, the, the best thing that's happened to me. That's kind of how this book started was I learned the power of rebuilding yourself through other people. I learned the power of community, um, in residential, you know, it's all about the structure and then them helping each other. So, uh, as I kind of feel like when I was going through that, I was the one in treatment, you know, I was learning a lot and growing and also going through my divorce at the time. So, um, there was just such rich soil for growth in that world, um, especially in nonprofit where you really have to roll up your sleeves and you're working with people um, who really need need this and who don't have any money. And you know, so it's um, it was it was a pretty amazing experience. And through that, I learned uh, all the concepts that I wrote in this book. Yeah, and you know, sometimes they say we teach best what we need to learn, right? <laughs> Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so even though you were helping them to grow, um, it helped you to grow as well, which that's, yeah, 100%. that's pretty neat for all of us. Yeah. Uh, and and we, ne- we never really know that until we look back and we're able to connect dots, you know? Because uh-huh. when you're in the trenches at the time, you're just, um, <laughs> you're, you, it's just a struggle and you don't understand why things are happening this way and you do your best to lean into it. But now, you know, hindsight, looking back, I see how that contributes to my story, why that needed to happen, and how important of a chapter that was. Right. And I I think when those kinds of things happen to us, like when we go through these rough times in our life, like a divorce or whatever, and, you know, I've been through that as well, when you go through that dark night of the soul, um, Mm -hmm. you learn compassion, not only for others, but for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And um, and, and if you didn't have those hard times, then you would think everything's hunky-dory and why are people making a big fuss about things, right? Yeah. I think um, the most beautiful people are the the people who have gone through the most, the most struggle, the more... Right. The most, uh, you know, turbulent. And through that, they, um, they stretch their compassion 
and their heart, and, you know, they just have more capacity at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, if they don't turn to the dark side. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> as long as they don't go to the, uh, to the dark side. Right, right. So you talk about uh, therapeutic community. Tell us a little bit about that model. Yeah, it's a TC. It dates back from the 1800s, and it's just it's basically, in a nutshell, the idea of rebuilding yourself through other people. And so um, recently I created a startup, and it's called Shift. And the whole idea behind that is um, it's online, it's an online platform, is to uh, grow through tribes. So instead of doing, you know, whatever you're struggling by yourself, you jump into a tribe, like 12, 13 other people, and you do it together. Uh, and that was directly taken from the residential treatment center, which is, you know, where how these kids became sober is um, rebuilding their lives through other people right? as a tribe. So what do you think about this? You know, I, I have um, a lot of online tribes, so to speak. I mean, I have one that, you know, different communities of so my spiritual community. Right. I have yep. my legal community, the different, I'm, it's like a listserv, but we help each other. And um, so what do you think about that when it's not face to face? It's just, it's like a, it is a shift. It's a, it's really a paradigm shift. What do you, you think that? Yeah, I guess I'm wondering how connected are we really? Are we just fooling ourselves, you know? I think with technology, you know, the interesting thing about technology is it's a, it's a double-edged sword. In a way, you know, uh, social media, technology, everyone's on Skype now, uh, uh, treating each other, coaching each other. Um, that it, it, it could separate us in a way because we're able to, to now hide behind our computers, but at the same time, it connects us in so many ways. I mean, you could, you know, with a click of a button, be a conduit into someone's life in on the other side of the world, you know, in, in seconds. And so I think that uh, we're kind of in our infancy as far as using technology as a, uh, a, a life tool, a therapeutic tool. And so yeah, I think we're, it's a very exciting time. Yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, that um, my co-author uh, and I now, we most of the time we get together, but lately we've been doing this thing on FaceTime where he's he's learning some new skills that he's you know I'm his guinea pig on, <laughs> but it, it's it's good for because we we talk about you know uh, relationships. But um, so at least when we're doing the FaceTime, we're looking at each other, we're seeing each other's right. body language, we're um, we're connecting by by looking at each other's eyes and 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 being very mindful of what we're saying to each other, our voice quality, our hearing. I'm just wondering about. Um, how much is missing if it's not where you can at least see someone either through Skype or FaceTime? Because um, I'm on all yeah, these I, listservs where where we don't we don't we're just basically emailing or you know using the technology the the written technology. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I, there's nothing better than in person, of course, no matter what. And then you know, after that, there's the the FaceTime or any kind of uh, you know. Um, where you're, you have the webcam on. But then also there's a lot of people getting a lot out of just groups. So, you know, Facebook has Facebook groups now, and we have one called This Is Your Tribe, and about 4,000 people in there. Wow. And they don't see each other, but they're supporting each other. And if you type something in, you get wraparound instantly because it's a private group. And uh, there's tremendous power in that. You know, I wouldn't uh, underestimate. Um, I think it's kind of become the new... Uh, the new like uh, the hotline, you know, back in the eighties where people would uh, call a phone number right, and they would talk right, to someone. Right. Um, I think the new version of that is the Facebook secret groups and people 
um, through their phone, you know, whether they're sending photos or writing, uh, doing a lot of support that way, but not necessarily uh, face-to-face. Yeah. And I notice that I, I respond with a lot of compassion. I have a friend who is a mediator who's going through this cancer and he he's documenting it, you know, on his Facebook page. And, I, and we're all like supporting him with prayers and everything. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's kind of neat. But I've also noticed on FaceTime, if you say something like politically what you think, um, on Facebook, I mean, people are attacking each other. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm real careful not to do that because, I mean, one time yeah. I said something that that wasn't even really political. It was just kind of like, you know, we need some peace or some enlightenment or something. And somebody jumped on me, you know, like, oh, you're just a mediator. What do you know? Why don't you take sides? And I, and I wouldn't take sides, so I got attacked for not taking sides. <laughs> yeah. I think the psychology behind that is just like driving when we're in our cars, especially in Los Angeles, um, you know, the road rage because we feel safe in our little cubicle or, or in a little cube that we um, don't usually act the way we normally act. So we'll fly off the handle, we'll honk, we'll cut people off. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 in, in, on, the, on the Internet, the same thing. You could hide, you could be in your little cube, you could hide in your, um, behind your computer, so it gives you more courage to, to lash out at people. If you took those same people and you put them in a party, they would not act that way. Right. They would probably, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. They wouldn't say the things that they do on, on social media. Yeah, so I, it's interesting because I'm in one of those groups, like I, I joined one of John, you know, a couple of John Astroff, I don't know if you know who he is, his programs, and he has the community that he wants you to comment in the community, share in the community, and, um, you know, I just, I wonder how authentic it really is. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I, I just, because sometimes people will say what, something to get the attention or something that, um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm a little reluctant at times to, to come in. I'll, I'll be supportive, but I, I'm not always so willing to be out there because i don't know what people are going to mm-hmm. think you know what i mean it's a weird sure, thing sure. yep what absolutely you- I, I i think it's uh it's some for some people it's 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 uh life-changing for other people they're afraid of it um so you know it depends on what you're comfortable with and what you what works for you right right okay so so you went through a divorce and and that's one of the the big stressors of life right and um can be yeah <laughs> yeah i mean if i, I, I can't it imagine it is i do divorce mediation as an attorney so yeah. <laughs> i've been yeah. dealing with this for thirty years so yeah so um how did that affect your you you in your career um i think it was you know if it wasn't for that event in my life i have no idea what i would be doing today um you know, it's one of those things where I look back and I feel like it was really meant to happen, um, and all the reasons why it was kind of the first domino in me finding a sense of purpose, which I never had before. Um, and it wasn't an ugly, nasty divorce or anything like that. It was actually very, um, very peaceful, and, and it was—I mean, it was sad because the, the relationship was ending. But um, it forced me to—I uh, I tell people that I had to shake my life edge a sketch. Yeah. And so when you do that, um, yeah, you're starting with nothing, but you have the opportunity to create a brand new vision, a brand new picture of what you want life, your life to look like. And also, like, how you want to be, how you want to think, how you want to... So it, it actually is, I think, is when you're at your, your lowest, sometimes it's the richest soil for growth. 
You know? Yes, yes. And, you know, no one really, and I'm hoping that this will be changing, and maybe your generation could change it, but no one really teaches us how to be in a relationship. You know, yeah, I, you know what? And I've always been saying, <laughs> that's what we should be learning instead of geometry. Right. That's, what, <laughs> that's what we should be learning in high school uh, instead of, you know, whatever, algebra. I mean, we should learn math and whatever, but right. there should be a relationships 101 um, because that's when it starts is, you know, all the dysfunction in, in teenage love and the chasing after bad boys. And, you know, you don't, you don't know what love is at that age. And uh, you start to get these deep imprints. And then when you grow up, you know, the stove becomes very hot because you think that you're going to get burned again. And it's all because uh, people don't have tools. They don't have, no, one's, no one's taught them how to. We're not born uh, with relationship skills, you know. you got to learn them. Right. And so, yeah, I agree with you 100%. We should be learning that early on. Uh, yeah, and so that's, um, you know, even so if we have our parents' as role models, no one taught them, so they weren't too, you know, how many of us had these parents who really knew how to communicate effectively and, and yeah, how to handle yeah. conflict, because conflict's going to be inevitable in any relationship, yeah. right? It's, of course, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's normal. I mean, it's healthy. You know, for us, we were going to name yeah. our book The Gift of Conflict because we believe that conflict is a gift. It helps us to grow. It helps us to to change, you know, and, sure. and be mirrors for each other. So, um, but, you know, no one really teaches us to do that. So I agree with you. You know, that's what we need to be teaching. They are starting to teach mediation and stuff like that, but that it is definitely needed. So, so yeah. tell me about your online practice. I mean, do you ever um, see patients face to face? Yeah, of course. Um, so I see patients. I don't. I, I don't have an office on purpose. Um, I do have. An, we do have offices for the startup, but I don't personally have a like a private practice office. So I, I enjoy going out and meeting people, whether it's around the, walking around the lake or on a hike or in a coffee shop. Um, I always tell people if we're going to talk about life, let's do life while we're talking. Um, there's something, <laughs> <That's> cute. <laughs> there's something about the couch and the you know laying in that room that um, I think can be claustrophobic. And so I've always just been out and about, and it's always been uh, the most fun for me. It's sustainable because it's like you're, you get up every day and you don't know who you're going to collide with, and it's like an adventure, you know. Right. Yeah, and I I think it's a good idea to walk together. You know, I mean, it's like you know you can you start to get your endorphins going, and you you know you're not just sitting there and being all depressed. You're you're able to maybe express better. So that yeah, makes sense people to love me. walking and talking. Yeah. So yeah, there's something about walking that just makes you talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. I even talk to my dogs when I walk them, and that's you know. <laughs> so um. You know, you said that everything starts with how you feel. It's the birthplace of change. Will you kind yeah. of go into that a little bit? Yeah, I think that everything is, is, nothing can be built without truth. And if you don't acknowledge how you feel, you're not being honest. There's no truth there. So I think most of us, um, you know, maybe it's wiring or because we were raised, a lot of us, we don't, um, we don't acknowledge how we feel. I mean, we care a lot about how, how other people feel, but we don't think about and soak in how we're feeling we don't check in with ourselves and that's the beginning you know that's if, if you're not able to do that um what you, you're building you're building on sand right it's self-awareness you know um yes of course and and so many people are not self-aware they they just react to what happens in their lives and they're not saying yeah. like, why the heck am I thinking that, you know? Right, I mean, right. because something will happen and, um, you know, I might react totally different than somebody else would react, you know? 
And yeah, and that's the that's yeah. the problem is most people react instead of respond. Right, right, and and they don't they don't know how to get mindful <laughs> and be that. Well, no, aware. I mean, I mean that, that's kind of the big word now, and I think it's great that it's becoming very popular, like meditation, mindfulness, and all that. So I think it's finally coming around. Um, and I love that wellness has become, you know, hit the mainstream. So all that's great. But uh, but you're right. Uh, we're still reactive. We're still walking reactions, you know. Yeah. And that gets back to that whole thing about our brain is really the culprit, but it's also the, the benefactor, you know, because we yeah. react because, you know, that's what our, our amygdala is doing. It's reacting to some fear that we have or some... Uh, right. Some offense that we we had has to protect us, but then we don't know how to you know ta- tame it. You know, that's, yeah, that's the I, problem. I mean, I've I've worked years on this. You know, because I I deal with people in conflict all the time. I have to get them back to their frontal lobes instead of in their their fight or flight amygdala head. You know, right. right. So it's it's tough. Yeah, we got to stop hitting our panic button. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Or if we, you know, we we feel the panic button about that it's about to burst, then we have to go. Woo, we have to do something different. So, what are yeah. what are three things that we can all do right now to begin the process of of creating our solid self? Um, three things. The first thing would be to uh, what we're what we're exactly talking about. Um, acknowledge how you feel. You check in with yourself. You know, um, it, it, it it's okay. Uh, because it's your truth. So um, it doesn't mean you're going to react to it, but you're just acknowledging, you know, your true state, so how you feel. The other thing I would say is uh, to practice transparency, vulnerability. Uh, to There's power in that. I think a lot of people are afraid to, but, you know, pull from your solid self or your authentic self instead of your pseudo. And I think, you know, we all have both sides, and usually it's our pseudo that's stronger, uh, that you know, because we're seeking approval, validation, we care what other people think. And whenever we pull from there... We're being grayed out. We're being um, becoming invisible. You know, we're, we're kind of like fading into the background. And so, if you want to live closer to your potential, you really have to pull from your your solid self, your your true. You know, your, what's true to you. Yeah. And then, and then the third piece I would say is I'm a big fan of accepting your story. I think most people um, rip out chapters because things that happened in the past. You know, and we all have stuff that we don't that we're embarrassed about or things that are lined with shame and guilt. And they don't understand that what makes them so valuable is their story, like every part of their story. You know, like today we're talking about my divorce, and it's all it's all what makes you you. And if you don't accept it, you're not accepting parts of you. Right, right. So how do you accept that? You know, I mean, you have to go through years of therapy. What do you do? I mean, I know what I do. I do journal writing. You know, because uh-huh. that then I get it out of me already. You know, it's not like bottled up in me. But you know, um, I uh, I started a blog called Being a Therapist. That was that was <laughs> that's it, that's actually what I did. That's uh, I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time, but that I realized was very therapeutic, and it, it allowed me to document and accept uh, my story. But not only accept it, but I started sharing it. So there's a tipping point where um, if you start sharing your story, then it becomes bigger than you, and that's where it can be really powerful. That's not even about you anymore. Right. You know, sharing your story um, is is so important because other people then tap into that that part of them that's their story, you know? Right. And it's the same thing that happens when we watch movies or we listen to music, that relatability. And, you know, we're all a bunch of walking stories. 
you know, and our stories are, are beautiful. Most people think their stories are embarrassing or they, you know, something that they should keep in the closet. Um, but I don't agree. I mean, that's, I, I'm kind of living proof of just uh, an average John who decided to be honest one day and to share his story. And uh, for me, it, it gave me a life, you know, gave me purpose. Right, right. Yeah, this just this week I was doing this program um, and I was sharing my, with, with a bunch of attorneys to get credit and I was presenting and I told you emotional intelligence and I was sharing some things about how I got really angry at certain things, you know, and how I had to deal differently with clients or I had to deal differently with vendors or whatever. And I, I told my vulnerability, you know, and then... They were very willing to share theirs, you know, mm-hmm. which is exactly. which is not something you usually see in an MCLE meeting, uh, which a continuing education meeting of attorneys. Attorneys right. have are are very much into their ego most of the time. So when we share that we're not in our ego, that we that we made mistakes and learned from them and how we grew, then everybody feels like, oh, I can grow too, you know, and I can yeah. be vulnerable. So so that, uh, yeah, the stories are really important, especially when they're real, you know, they're, they're real stories about you or about people you know, you know, that's right. great. Right, right, yeah. absolutely. So, so that gets back to really... Um, Talking about transparency and the idea of a container. Tell me about yeah. that. Uh, a container is your life space, your mental, physical, uh, physical and emotional. And I think most people have cracks in their container, and this is due to the story and you know the stuff that they've been through. And when you have cracks in your container, uh, growth is stunted. And then when you have a safe container, growth is pro- promoted. So I learned this uh, early on, and as I was going through my rebirth, that's what that's how I. I grew is I built myself a, a safe container and that's why I booked about it's just in a, it's self-help and shot class building yourself how to build yourself a safe container so that all you have to basically do is live and growth can be organic yeah I'll just for if you're just tuned in I just want you to know that we are talking with John Kim who is the author of this really wonderful book The Angry Therapist a no BS guide to finding and living your own truth so John um, who have been some people that have inspired you oh this is, this is, <laughs> they're not going to be people that you may assume um i know a lot of therapists and coaches um may say like freud and bowen and, and i'm gonna say um uh, steve mcqueen bruce lee quentin tarantino um <laughs> people like that in pop culture that have really inspired me to uh think differently or to um you know, uh, like, like for example, Bruce Lee wasn't just a martial artist. He has his little philosophy on life and, and all that. So um, those are some of my inspirations. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes we have inspirations that people wouldn't even imagine that you have, you know. So right, that, right. That's, that's fine. Um, so we have just a couple minutes left, and I don't know how long this will take you, but just give us a little bit about what do you mean by live inside out instead of outside in? Yeah, this is one of my uh, my favorite concepts, and it's, I think that most of us live outside in, meaning that we um, our actions and our thoughts and everything is dependent on external factors like what other people's opinions, other people's blueprints, maybe old blueprints that you try to carry. Um, and I think living inside out is what's going to make you a diamond. You know, and living inside out again goes back to um, knowing how you feel, expressing your truth, being heard. 
uh, accepting your story, all the stuff that we're talking about, then you start living at a higher potential because you are very uniquely you. Um, you're very potent. Um, when you live outside in, you become invisible. Mm, what a beautiful way to end. Yeah. So um, just I would like you to just give the name of your book and your website again, and then it'll be time to go. Sure. <laughs> the, the book has a long title. <laughs> it's The Angry Therapist, A Dopeous Guide to Finding and Living Your Truth. Uh, my website, you can find me at theangrytherapist.com. And then my company is shift, S-H-F-T, no I, um, dot us. Great, great. And you also have a, another website, uh, the angrytherapist.com, right? That's Oh, yeah, yeah, I just mentioned that. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, yeah. All and right. You can find me on Instagram and all that stuff. All right. Well, keep up awesome. the great work, and we Thank will so we'll get in touch again. You, awesome. You, Thank you so much. All right. Me. Thanks for helping all the great people that you're helping. That's that's really Thank wonderful. You. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You've, been, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide.